Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Hello and welcome back to the Space News Pod, a daily podcast about space science and tech. I'm your host, Will Walden. This episode, we're going to be talking about the Neptune flyby by uh, Voyager 2, 30 years ago. But before we get into it, I want to say thank you to everyone who's been subscribing to the show. If you haven't subscribed yet, please hit that subscribe button. Also, check out my Twitter account, at Space News Pod, daily, minutely, secondly, Space News on my Twitter feed. Also, check out Instagram, Space News Pod 1, and Facebook, Space News Pod. Thanks so much for listening. Here we go. 30 years ago, on August 25th of 1989, NASA's Voyager 2 made a close flyby of Neptune, which gave humans the first close-up look of the eighth planet, which marked the end of Voyager's grand tour of the solar system's four giant planets, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune. The first was also the last. There's been no other spacecraft that has visited Neptune since then. Ed Stone, a professor of physics at Caltech and Voyager's project scientist since 1975, said, The Voyager planetary program really was an opportunity to show the public what science is all about. Every day we learned something new. And Voyager 2 revealed that a blue-hued sibling to Jupiter and Saturn, the blue indicated the presence of methane on Neptune. And there was a great dark spot that was discovered. It's a giant storm. It's similar to Jupiter's great red spot. There's new moons that were discovered, six of them. And their four rings were discovered around Neptune as well. And while the probe was flying near Neptune, they wanted to take a look at Triton, which is the planet's largest moon. And this flyby showed evidence of geologically young surfaces and active geysers that were spewing material towards the sky. And this indicated that Triton was not a solid ball of ice. And though it had the lowest surface temperature of any natural body observed by Voyager. And this temperature was 391 degrees minus. So it's minus 391 degrees Fahrenheit. That's minus 235 degrees Celsius. That is very, very cold. But it was not inactive. It wasn't just a chunk of ice. It was very active. And the conclusion of the Neptune flyby marked the beginning of the Voyager's interstellar mission. And this Voyager's interstellar mission continues today, 42 years after Voyager had launched. Voyager 2 and Voyager 1 continue to send back signals to us from the outer reaches of our solar system. And at the time of 
the Neptune encounter, Voyager 2, was about 2.9 million miles from Earth. And today, it's 11 billion miles from us. Voyager 1 is 13 billion miles away from Earth. It's further away than Voyager 2. But Voyager 2 and Voyager 1 have taught us so much. And by the time Voyager 2 reached Neptune, the Voyager mission team had completed five planetary encounters already. But Neptune was special. It had unique challenges. It's about 30 times further from the sun than Earth. And it's an ice giant. It receives only about 0.001 times the amount of sunlight that Earth does. It's very cold, and in such low light, Voyager 2's camera required longer exposures to get better images because they didn't have enough sunlight to get normal pictures. And because the spacecraft would reach a maximum speed of 60,000 miles per hour relative to Earth, a long exposure time would make the image blurry. So the team programmed Voyager 2's thrusters to fire gently during the close approach, which rotated the spacecraft to keep the camera focused on its target without interrupting the spacecraft's overall speed and direction. And when they did this, they made sure that these exposures on the camera didn't get all blurry and weird. And it also took a long time for Voyager 2's signals, the radio signals, to reach Earth. They were weaker than those of other flybys, but the spacecraft had the advantage of time on its side. Voyagers communicate with Earth via the Deep Space Network, which utilizes radio antennas at sites in Madrid, Spain, Canberra, Australia, and Goldstone, California. And during Voyager 2's Uranus encounter in 1986, the three largest DSN antennas were 64 meters wide, 210 feet wide. The DSN expanded the dishes to 70 meters, 230 feet wide. And they also included nearby non-DSN antennas to collect data, including a 64-meter dish in Australia and multiple 25-meter antennas at the Very Large Array in New Mexico. So there were a lot of ways for us to hear the Voyager missions. And this is important because we need this data to understand the outer planets. Well, things that we didn't understand before, we learned so many things from Neptune 30 years ago today. So my friends, if you're into astronomy, if you're into cool space stuff like this, like I am, I discover new things every day and I want to share them with you. So if you could hit that follow button, you'll get this stuff on your phone, on your device every single day. So I want to say thank you to my... All right, I'm going to take a quick break. And when I get back, we're going to have some more space news. Sponsors, and I want to say thank you to everyone who's taken part in this. And thank you for taking the time out of your day to spend it here with me on the Space News Pod. My name is Will Walden, and I'll see you soon. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better? 
you really can do it, but nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to, because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great.